Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on hump day, hump day Wednesday, two days before us, two days after. I got to figure out the radio speak, how this works, Damashek. What do we, do I get this right? I, I, I got to DJ it up, right? It's hump day. You, you sounded good there. Two days down, two days to go. Here we are right in the middle, all together, yeah. ready to roll. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think everyone gets it. Plus, they'll listen to this by uh, Friday or Saturday by the time they get around to it. Uh, young Charlotte Wilder is with us, as always. Charlotte on a hot streak, as you know. Last Friday, two winners. She gave them out. You won't get her best bets again until Friday. Can we just do Friday's show? I'm very excited to see what she has in store for us. Have you done any gambling since we last spoke, Charlotte? No, well, did I have I told you that I don't? Um, wow. Okay. Uh-oh. This is about to be really, really embarrassing. But I'm just gonna. You know what? I believe that this is a transparency podcast, and this is a safe space where we're open and honest with each other. <laughs> Wrong. Um. Yeah. I don't know how to put money on on sports games. Oh God. Okay. I don't, like I know. I know how to. Pick, <laughs> I know how to make. Pick, I don't know the mechanics of like actually going. I have never bet on a sports game in my life except to the Kentucky Derby when I lost thirty six dollars. All right. Wow. Okay. Now I know. I initially said we're at hump day. We're over the midpoint of the week, but I, I felt. I feel like we just fell back three, four uh, decades, let alone days. But. We might have. We might have. I think something. Something people don't know about me is that I'm 31 with the soul of a 68 year old man. So you know, <laughs> okay. it's just. It's not great. I think I'm the opposite, <laughs> but I don't know. I can't figure it out. <laughs> Dave, can we help her? <laughs> I want to go back and figure out. Uh, I, I want to make sure we we fully articulate. We're not just talking about games. We're talking about sports games, right? We're, we're de- you don't know how to bet on sports games. I think so. Yeah, yeah, sports games. Sport- like not, not any, sports games. Any kind of game. Not any marbles. Game. <laughs> not shoots and ladders. Nothing like that. Yeah, we're we're, we're gonna uh, confine it to sports. Um, speaking. Well, of we sports- should have done though. By the go way, ahead. Sal, we we should have really. I, I you know uh, in twenty twenty hindsight, we should have early in the week um, created some odds on which NFL head coaches we were going to see, see topless. I mean, I mean, who, yes. who saw Sean McVay oh. uh, the other day, you know, the other night. That That's was, a really, uh, really how- good segue. Uh, hard knocks kicked off last night. Now I feel like, I don't know if you guys have the same thing that there's different measures of when the NFL season starts. And it used to be when you get your first fantasy football magazine, but the internet took care of that. There's enough places to go. That was about mid late July. That was fun. Hard knocks is definitely a good start for me. And I feel like, Oh my God, this is, this is right around the corner. This is ridiculous. And that was last night. I know we have some thoughts on it. It was a, opened up a little weird. Anthony Lynn announcing the the uh, Chargers coach announcing that he had COVID, and then kind of just breezing right by it, and then going into an inspirational Zoom speech, which I guess we should really get used to uh, at this point going forward. But Charlotte, we were all texting. You had a big problem with this. I did too. It just did not feel right. Oh yeah, I I felt. I mean, I I took some notes while I was watching it, and I would like to read you just my raw notes here for a moment. Um, Because the first one is, did A. Lynn casually say he got COVID? (laughs) Like, did he? He was just one. The he was like, you know, we got to protect. We can't get infected. I was infected, and I was like, hold on, Mm -hmm. what? Like, and then he he did, as you said, just breeze right over it. And I felt, I think to me, it was just. 
I mean, you said you said it, I think in text depressing was the word you used. I yeah. felt I felt really I felt secondhand anxious. Like I thought I was going to break out in hives watching these guys get tested, watching their Zoom meetings. I mean, there was an interesting Zoom meeting when they were talking about Black Lives Matter and and had that conversation. I thought that was sort of a good use of the medium. But I just I was like, I don't necessarily it felt so dystopian and weird. And I was like, are we pretending that things are normal, but we're not because a whole episode's about COVID. I don't know. I just talked kind of in circles for probably too long, but I just, it, it made me, it made me feel really weird. <laughs> no, it was, it was, uh, it was not what we used to. It wasn't, it didn't give you that. I don't know. I feel like they do whatever. They're up against a disaster here with the COVID, but definitely didn't get you in the mood for football. Right, Dave? <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's uh, well said. Yes. And and Charlotte, please don't step on my toes. I'm the one who talks in circles um, yeah. at, uh, <laughs> at, at great length and, and, and achieves no ultimate point. But anyhow, sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave. Um, yeah, I, I mean, right out of the gate. of I, I, Yeah, it was upsetting to watch, kind of, right. you know, I mean, great job by NFL films who, you know, mm-hmm. they, they've done great work and made uh, generations of people, football fans with their work, I feel like. And uh, shout out to them under the, under these adverse circumstances. But it also just as I was watching it, I kept thinking not to not to be too big a bummer, but. What is the thought on you know college football programs? Mike Gundy and his head of hair is gonna is gonna abide by this standard of cleanliness is insane. It made me scutchy the whole time. You always hear about Howie Mandel or whoever else. Like it, it, mm. I, I started to get that creepy feeling up my spine watching these guys try and uh, uh, abide by all of it. But above all else, um, the thing that jumped out to me is. Man, those Chargers uniforms look good, and those Rams ones oh, are, and those Rams ones stink. And they're both, and they're basically <laughs> the same color schemes, and yet one looks great, the other one looks bad. Those are my takeaways, and yeah. also all in on Justin Herbert as always, seduced by the film's quality shots of him drilling it into those uh, fish nets or whatever those things are called right. down the field. He looks good, doesn't he? He's a, he, he, he's a <laughs> tall drink of water with a big whip on him. Nice head of hair on the kid. I like him. <laughs> he also, and you have the receiver's endorsement too. Like, hey, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to catching uh, accurate passes. Like, oh, you know, your previous three, four, five uh, quarterbacks are, are going to take exception to that all the way back to middle school, probably, whoever's saying that. But uh, that was a fun moment. Um, Charlotte, uh, Dave brought it up, uh, a topless Sean McVay, a topless Aaron Donald. That wasn't that wasn't too bad to look at. Right. From well, your perspective. Yeah, I my it's so funny. My reaction. First of all, Justin Herbert, adorable. He was mm. really cute and he was he was so um kind of he was like me who me like I'm a good quarterback and yeah. and it was it wasn't affected though like I really believe that he's still kind of I mean he's such a rookie he's just it was so cute and then you have Sean McVay where um I I was like we get it man you work out like do you think before <laughs> he was like hey babe I'm gonna take my shirt off I'm gonna show him the dog trick oh yeah two for one you know and like he still <laughs> has that hair flip that like every guy I had a crush on in seventh grade had that like spiky hair flip in the early 2000s I don't know I, uh, Aaron Donald is, is he's like a refrigerator. I mean, I was, 
I was astonished and good on, good on him for for being able to keep that up in quarantine. Right. I don't maybe know that's why maybe that's why I like them so much because he's you can compare him to a refrigerator. That's <laughs> that's probably the appeal that uh that I saw. Um, yes, you're right. Yeah, is it possible, Sean McVay? I don't you know how with these reality it is a reality show in a way, and we know what producers do to manipulate reality shows. Does Sean McVay even have a dog? Does he have a fiance? Maybe these were all, you know, maybe this is all props. Like, we're going to get you a dog. That's a big thing. Everyone's adopting a dog these days during the quarantine. So, hey, we got you one that can uh, can use its snout to throw a ball back at you. We'll do that for a minute. And then, uh, you know, at least there's some light lightheartedness in the uh, in the whole thing. I like that. I like that. Jalen Ramsey's stuff was funny. He had a Zoom temper tantrum which he left and then came back because they asked him about his contract. Um, that was a bizarre uh, interrogation to begin with, but uh, he handled it perfectly. Um, my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Andrew Vollert gets cut. I didn't even know there was going to be around the cuts in this thing, but I guess there is. He was a tight end and he walks into Coach Anthony Lynn's office. And this is something we don't see. Before. This is something that bummed me out about the past hard knocks. Everybody, primarily everybody who gets cut, goes into the co coach's office and is like, oh, thank you so much for everything. And it's like, it's way too cordial. You know, it, it, everyone's fine. This guy's pissed off. He doesn't even sit down. He mad dogs coach uh, Lynn. He's like, I, I felt like there was going to be a, a confrontation. Like I thought it was going to get physical for a second. And he uttered the words, these famous words, these now famous words that, well, Jim, play the clip here. Yeah, um, you got to be fucking kidding me. What? There it is. Does that sound familiar? Sure. Does that sound like something we featured on Monday show? Those six words, you've got to be effing kidding me. What is going on? Is there a... Is it an epidemic? Is there something in the air? These are the six. This is what this is the go to phrase. This is the new what's up. I mean, that's but this is 2020, Sal. Like every single thing that has happened in 2020, you can respond to it. You got to be effing kidding me. Like, yeah, nothing has happened in the past six months where I've been like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, so I think everyone, first of all, it's a it's the current moment, but also everyone's just so on edge that anything goes wrong and it's just everyone just explodes. Yeah. Dave, what do you think? Uh, here it is again. Yeah, well, we heard we heard it uh, at the PGA Championship last week. And mm -hmm. is it likely that the backup tight end for the for for the Chargers was watching? No. Is it more likely he was listening to extra points when Cousin Sal brought it up? Oh, and and called for the world of sports, nay, for the for for the world in general to start swearing more. You do the math. <laughs> is it a coincidence? Probably, but maybe not, Sal. So I, I'm going to tip my hat to you. I'm going to assume that uh, that this is okay. our influence already. Well, listen, anyone's free to use it. I certainly didn't make up the phrase, but uh, I think we brought it to the forefront. And to Charlotte, to your point, maybe, maybe it's embraced so much. Maybe Kamala and Biden, maybe that's, forget Make America Great Again. It's, uh, <laughs> you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I throw would, it on a I would, bumper sticker. Let's do it already. I would wear that T-shirt for sure. <laughs> Can I also say one more thing about Hard Knocks is that I feel yeah. like it was pretty depressing. But at the same time, there were these moments where when they showed the Jalen Ramsey highlights and he's he's yeah. uh, trash talking Gronk, I teared up because I was like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful and normal. And I yeah. just felt I was like, oh, I miss football. I miss my friends. I miss when we got to do this. And then at the end. They showed a montage of training camp, just, you know, mm -hmm. like Herbert throwing guys catching the ball, like 
they took the masks off for a few plays and it looked a little bit normal. And I full on lost it. Like I, I cried at the end of that. And I was like, well, I did not have did not see this coming. I tweeted. I was like, I, I didn't have right. crying at hard knocks on my 2020 bingo card. But right. here we are. I said separately to Dave, I'm like, watch, Charlotte's going to cry at this ep- episode, to be honest. I, I predicted. <laughs> Did you say that? <laughs> you may not have had it. No, I didn't. I didn't say that. <laughs> no. In a few uh, more episodes, um, you'll be able to say that. I, you know, you'll be by like, the way, she speaking of yeah. cry. Yeah, right. <laughs> Go ahead, that, Dave. What? That's that's a good initial bet for uh, for the audience to engage right. in there. Sal, who will be the first extra points cast member to weep on the show? On the oh, show, I like that. That, I like we, that. We, we should we should take action on that. <laughs> well, Charlotte, I don't know. You know, I, I, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I, I mean, I came pretty close with the college football news, especially about the, the Big Ten um, earlier in the week. But um, speaking of Big Ten, one of its former stars, Joey Bosa, he wept. And that reminded me. I mean, I, I, I got a chance to talk to him a little bit. Really, uh, a uh, a. Um, underspoken um, sense of humor. Really funny guy, Joey Bosa, mm. by the way. But, um, and I said this to his face, so I'll say it to you now. Is there anybody who looks more like his name should be Joey Bosa than Joey Bosa? Ooh. You know? Yeah, he Rob lo- he, Gronkowski, exa- Dave. That's true, too. That's a good <laughs> That's one. One possible answer out there, yes. <laughs> like, come Touché, on, man. Charlotte, Gronk. Yes. His name is Gronk. Yeah, it really couldn't be anything else. If that was if they if he just showed up at the WWE headquarters, they would give him that name probably <laughs> without knowing anything else. I uh, Ian Poulter, the golfer, I, uh, I, I I put in that same category, too. There's a bunch. There's a bunch. But you're right. That's that's right up there. But what just to summarize here with hard knocks, I'm going to watch every week anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I do feel like I want to get past. I, I get that it's the reality. I don't want to see these guys reluctantly taking COVID tests. It's a bummer. I, I, I guess I'm one of the guys who well, I'll, I'll gladly eat a filet, but I don't want to see how the cow is slaughtered. Like, let's just get them to the field already, please. I, I want to get past. This is part of our everyday life. I want to ditch this part. The other thing is there's the truth is there's probably really no need for hard knocks this year, right? In terms of what the <clears throat> structure of the the program is we're going to cut from 100 to 80 players like the roster should probably be 100 going into the season and okay fine if you want to cut these guys that's all right but you're going to most likely bring them back if 8 10 12 players test positive and you know that's a reality right wouldn't you think yeah i mean i it it i'm going to watch it too i it definitely felt weird i mean i feel i think I'm not a stick to sports guy at all. Anyone who follows me knows mm. that. And yet after, you know, minute 24 of the COVID tests, I was like, what if we what if we moved on? Maybe because this is making me so sad. Yeah, <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Sal. Yeah. Dave, could we have skipped it this year? Yeah, in all likelihood. But as you say, it is one of those tent pole events in the on the right. calendar in the 21st century that's replaced our reception of the Athlon's uh, pro football and college football preview magazines that we used to leaf through in uh, July yeah. of the past. We need this. Um, but to your points out, I really do. You know, Anthony Lynn hit on that. And I, I guess I hadn't really considered that. But I'm, is that what it's going to be? Is it going to be like... Um, yeah, Jared Goff's one of the guys who got it, and 
and there's a game on the schedule. And so now the bat, is it going to be this expanded fluid roster week to week that you're just, they're going to be like a dozen guys out and another dozen guys on the sidelines in as Anthony Lynn said, is it going to, is that going to be the weird reality of this season? Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I hope to hell not, but I, I think we're, we're going down that road and, you know, Dave, you brought it up. Let's switch gears to college football. Big 10 said we're out. Uh, PAC 12 says they're out big 12. They're going to go forward. They're going to try this thing. Um, we laugh. I don't know. I was trying to think about it. So the pros if they play, if they don't play, and this has nothing to do with whether or not you want them to play or if you if you think they should, but the pros is like, okay, they're grown men. They can make their own decision. They're getting paid. That seems easy enough. Uh, take it to the other spectrum, like our children, taking them to school. That's very emotional, whether or not you send them, if the schools are even open. They obviously are not old enough to make decisions on their own, so that's going to be the parents' choice. College kids are kind of in the middle, right? They're They're old enough. Um, there's no one on campus. So that's weird. In a lot of these cases, they're not getting paid. Sure. There's the, we want to play movement, but, uh, should they even be given the, the opportunity? Should they be given that much power? So it gets emotional and gets crazy. Everything's emotional these days. I want to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ditch the snowflake shield for a second and say, what if they do try it? Why not try it? What if they say, because I think like this kind of thing is answered. The question is answered on its own. Like, well, a kid's going to get sick. Are they not going to get sick? Is it like, I don't think we need to decide who's right. The Nick Saban's of the world or the AOC's of the world, because if they are getting tested twice a week, we're going to see like, is this a failed experiment where 20 kids are going to get, you know, test positive and you're not going to play through the positive tests. We know that already. So that'll take care of that answer. Okay. Or no one tests positive and we go forward with the season. Is this an irresponsible way of looking at it or should we just try it as long as they are getting tested twice a week and not taking away from civilians and, you know, the coaches aren't manipulating the results and everybody can keep their scholarship if they opt out. Is this the worst way to attack it? Am I being irresponsible? I don't know. I <laughs> just say if I am, I am. I I, I wish I was smarter on this, but no, I'm trying I mean, to look at the downside. I feel like there is. I feel like the downside and and the risk of everything that could go wrong. The stakes are pretty high there. Um, you know, I know there's recently the debate has become, well, doctors say there aren't heart, heart complications. And then other people are like, well, doctors say there are. And I mean, we've seen that like one of the Red Sox starting pitchers got COVID and now has real heart issues. And to mm. me, that's sort of enough. I, I find it hard to justify, you know, being like, let's see what happens if it if what happens is that one even one kid ends up, you know, with his life pretty messed up because All of right. and but at the same time, I mean, you know, you could say like, well, will they get it on campus anyway? Will they get it somewhere else anyway? It's like nothing is nothing is risk free. Right. Um I just think I I feel like the power structures to make those decisions, like if the kids had more of a say or if there were more agency involved, like if NFL yes. want, players want to play, I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like that makes sense. Try it. 
Um, but I feel like there's a little too much pressure coming from the top in terms of where the decision nets out for it to be totally like cool to just try. But then gotcha. again, you know, I'm a liberal snowflake. So what are we? Well, what I, are I we guess doing? what I'm I guess what I'm saying is and of course, I'm not rooting for this. But if they did try to play and within two weeks, the campuses were ravished ravaged and the uh and the teams had 10 or 12 players who tested positive there you go there's our answer right there and then we don't have to kill ourselves trying to figure out if it was and again i would not be rooting for that but the upside is well one or two cases and as you wisely point out charlotte that might not be the greatest thing either but i feel like there is a middle ground between hey the college kid who wasn't allowed to play football killed himself because it's all he had in life and um uh, yeah, no, he died from COVID. He had complications and he shouldn't be playing anyway. So that was, I, I don't know. I think there's such a gray area in the middle. What do you feel, Dave? Well, I, I think it sets up to to answer exactly your question that you're throwing out there. We we have been given by power conferences a control group and the and the other now. If in fact the, the Big Twelve, SEC, and ACC press on, and I mean the. A, a major aspect of this, and you know, it really has bizarrely led to, and you know, um, uh, what's our new T-shirt uh, saying there? That's uh, sweeping the nation for the for for 2020. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, this this politicized thing of like you don't want it, your willingness to happen, and all that jive. Um, I mean, I hear ACC. I can just tell you on a visceral level, I connect that with. My one of my favorite college football teams is Pitt, and they're supposed to be good. And I think, like, what? Oh, I I wouldn't oh. mind. I wouldn't mind them being. Yeah, you might see some stuff uh, behind me. Um, oh. you know, I think. Well, this this Pitt team is supposed to be good, and I wouldn't mind seeing them. And then, of course, the human concerns and everything else. I guess they are. I guess the, to to your supposition there. I guess we're we're about to find out what uh, w- which side wins out here. And you know, I mean. It's insane that we've moved past the place of saying why this, why we're even in this. As long as you don't pay attention to outside the borders of the United States, yes, this is a reasonable, ethical, and moral debate to be having. But of course, we shouldn't even be in this spot. Every uh, the rest of the right, world yeah, right. is has moved on to everything else. But I know that's uh, that's uh, living in the rearview mirror, and we're trying to figure out what to do going forward. But it is vexing that uh, that that we have to have this debate, and somehow it's now turned back on people. Um, for saying like, well, you see, this is because you don't want it. That's why we're not going to have it is because you've willed this <laughs> no, to happen. No, it's ridiculous. So that's a ridiculous yeah. thing to say. Well, we willed it to happen as much as the people who are saying go out and have fun willed it to happen, you know, because then we are, you know, we're now in the same spot as we were in some cases worse in uh, April. But um, yeah, it's tough. We're not going to get an answer. The only reason we can't look in the rearview mirror is Hard Knocks <laughs> debuted last night, which means we're close to September and they have to make a decision. I do think that Texas is, I always think college football is going to prevail or keep going and, and it's not going to disappear in the next 30 years because of really Texas alone, as long as they're playing under lights on Fridays and, and things like that, that state alone will keep it going. And then all the sec states uh, as well. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I seem insensitive, but I, I almost think like, Got to try it. Got to try it a little bit. Maybe there's a guinea pig and we see a whole conference or two conferences, but we'll figure it out. Now, Dave, you did mention um, I did hear in an interview yesterday, the president 
was on a show and he said, ice hockey is doing very well. So there's a, that he's really plugged in. Ice hockey is doing very well. And let's talk about ice hockey. Um, there's, there's a league that kind of <laughs> organized this ice I hockey. A, by the <laughs> way, NHL. by the way, <laughs> yeah. ice hockey's doing well, but apparently according to this guy, NBA is not doing well. I, I don't know, not know exactly. Well. I wonder <laughs> what could be different about those two sports, huh? Makes you nah, think. Don't you dare read into it, Charlotte. Don't you dare. There's <laughs> nothing There's nothing there. I, I, I see you fishing, but there's nothing there. Uh, Wednesday night, NHL odds, Colorado minus 180 over Arizona. God, these numbers are too high for hockey. Flyers minus 145 over Montreal. All right, that makes more sense. St. Louis, the defending champs, minus 160 over Vancouver. I like the uh, Canucks actually tonight. Now, Dave, I know your stance on this, but the Blue Jackets, what a what a what a crazy game with the lightning. It went five overtimes. There was hundreds of shots on goals. The poor losing goalie had like 78 saves or something. I might be wrong. Um, is five overtimes too many? I know you're a purist and you're gonna say you gotta go, you gotta keep going until there's a goal. It's cheap to to decide this in penalty shots. Do you waver on that at any point? Is is 10 overtimes too many, or you just like let it play out? Um, I, I mean, obviously in a, in the here and now we would play it this way, but yes, in a vacuum, ideally, I mean, have you seen what happens in the regular season when they go to the five minute overtime and they take a guy off of either side and how exciting it is and you see what that looks like and how exciting when you open the ice, I've talked to Sidney Crosby name drop and I, and I do Uh that not just to name drop on his birthday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he's off celebrating somewhere right now on the golf course or otherwise. I don't know. It's uh, sad, but um, even he acknowledges that the game changed. It, it, it was interesting. As a matter of fact, I talked to him and to Phil Kessel about a year ago, and it was interesting oh, that two of the fat. Oh my! Was it Phil's birthday? <laughs> At some point, yes. He, uh, he, he I, and um. They both acknowledged two of the better skaters of the 21st century. And they said, there's just the game has changed because of the skill out there at this point. It's counterintuitive in a way. The guys are now all too good of skaters out there. So there's no room now for anybody to do anything. And it's depressed scoring slightly. And yeah, I mean, I, what the solution is? Do you take a guy? Then the game's completely different. Do you do you shrink the goalie pads or 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 otherwise? I do advocate that soccer. That's what they need to do. This penalty shot stuff. That's the jive of all jives. I mean that that that's the that's how you settle who wins the most valuable cup outside of uh, the yeah. Lombardi Trophy. They need to start uh, uh, applying that method there. I, I I see now. I'm talking in circles without because I don't know. Um, yes, what my answer? I thought you had a. You really, I, I, I thought you would be hell bent on the let them play until they collapse kind of thing. Well, oh, I mean, listen, you got to do it. But my I guess the upshot right. is for what I'm, what, what I'm trying to achieve is uh, is the point that, um, yes, you need to shrink the goalie pads or otherwise to boost scoring a little bit in the NHL. Because what's what's really kill. I mean, these these five overtime playoff games are the result of you know one one two two not enough uh, opportunity out there and you're waiting for a puck to glance in off of two defensemen shins and a and a um and another yeah. guy's stick before it goes into the goal that's that's what's unsatisfying yeah it hits about off a player's right face and that's it yeah and i agree with you soccer is too it's too ridiculous because they have a 90 percent chance maybe it's 75 80 that you're going to score on a penalty kick which is 
you know, that, that you don't want that to break it. Hockey is a little different. The goalie actually has a chance, a decent chance to stop if you uh, choose to select that as your means of um, breaking a tie. But Charlotte, what do we, do we keep going with these overtimes? At some point, it's like the, we're at the Roman Coliseum and like just waiting for a beheading. It's like, these guys have to be exhausted. They're really not supposed to be playing around each other anyway because of the conditions uh, <laughs> that we're, we have, the current climate. Um, I don't know. We, we're rooting for, is it, is it too much? What's the solution? I think I, for me personally, three overtimes is the perfect amount of excessive overtimes because by mm-hmm. one, you're like, oh, okay, like we're still going Two, you're like, I can't believe this. And then three, it's, it's kind of still a novelty, but someone ends it and then you can go about your business by four. Mm-hmm. You're like, what the, you know, you gotta be effing kidding me. And then by there five, you you're like, I for like, what dimension are we in? Is, have I gone through the looking glass? Which way is up? Um, I have sort of a controversial take, which is I kind of love penalty kicks in soccer. I think Ooh. they're I think they're kind of funny. I think they're kind of fun. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a shootout in hockey would be great um, because, yeah, I I mean, by the end of the game, these guys are so gassed. Um, mm-hmm. Although I did love I watched the presser uh, afterwards. And uh, who was it? Seth Jones. They asked, you know, a reporter from like, you know, a mile away in some huge cavernous press room because no one can be near each other's like Seth uh I know it was a heartbreaking loss but uh you know how you doing basically because right. anytime you lose five overtimes any question a reporter asks has to start with so heartbreaking loss but uh oh, yeah. and um <laughs> it just made me I-, I forgot having not been in a hockey locker room for like a year at this point how these guys just say nothing so beautifully I mean Seth mm-hmm. goes he was like, yeah, well, you know, uh, just just uh, trying to stay hydrated. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like your answer is your answer is how, how are you doing after losing five overtimes? It's like I drank a lot of water. It's incredible. It's beautiful. Like hockey, hockey players should be politicians because they say nothing better than anyone in the entire world. Right. Right. Exactly. How they yeah. I love I. That is the best that you ask that, you know, it's not like uh, I, I don't mean to task uh, our our athletes to with, with uh, maintaining a higher standard than the rest of us. But their ability to effectively articulate an answer to questions like that you usually get from sideline reporters, like how happy are you right now? Like, well, I don't on what? Like, what do you mean by degree? Like uh, scale of one to t- how happy am I right now? Like a, a very, very uh, really how sad am I after that loss? Very sad. I don't know how, how exactly they're supposed to respond to that. But the overtime thing is, see, with Charlotte, she says, you know, three is enough. I think it's kind of like one of those jokes where it's like, all right, all right we get the joke. Oh, uh, uh, wait, a fourth, fifth? Oh, now it's starting to get funny again. It it, it becomes yeah. ridiculous. Um and uh, so I say, you know, the greatest hockey game of all time or, or in the top five for me is when Patty LaFontaine um, and the that's Islanders right. went, for, sure. went forever. That's the that's the all timer. That's what we're hoping to replicate in terms of excitement uh, once we get into those extra frames um, in the NHL when that when they vanquish the Capitals. Yeah. No. So baseball is going away from it. They want these games to end as soon as possible, especially since they have 75 doubleheaders per team backed up now. <laughs> the Cardinals, the Cardinals somehow played five games. I don't know how they're going to finish this. But anyway. Uh, so baseball's like, Hey, <laughs> we're going to start, we're going to start with a runner on second because we really don't want this going past the 10th inning, but I think hockey, I don't know the answer to this or the, the metrics, but I guarantee more people tuned into that hockey game from the third overtime on 
then initially checked into Tampa Bay Columbus, right? So they're, they're like from a rating standpoint, like this is kind of what is going to move the needle for the sport. Right? I just had a horrible moment where uh -oh. I realized that I think 2020 has done something messed up to my brain because I was thinking about it. I was like, what do I like in sports? And then I was like, <laughs> chaos. I always root for the most, like the maximum possible chaos. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I, I want the, I want baseball games to go to like 30 innings. There was the, the Dodgers Red Sox game that went to 18 and I was like, never end it. And then, <laughs> and, and normally I'd be like, yes, you know, give me all of the mess. Give me five overtimes. And I realized I didn't say that initially off the bat. And now I'm a little worried about myself. No, you're going to be okay. But, you know, it's funny. You brought that up. And Anthony Lynn, he told us, embrace chaos. Remember, he said embrace. That was it. Embrace the chaos. And then it went into the great hard knocks theme. I don't mean to go backwards here, but embrace the chaos. Maybe that's on the Kamala uh, Biden t-shirts too. Embrace the chaos. I, I will say this, Sal. Yeah. You know what? I need a, another crack at uh, the overtime all hockey right. stuff too. There is nothing better in all of sports than the electricity of playoff overtime hockey because of the nature of the sport that every couple of seconds it goes to one side or the other. And every second, if you are rooting in either direction, oh my God, whichever way the pucks go, all right, here, maybe we'll score this time. Oh no, it's coming our way now. Oh no. Uh, that, that swing of emotions it, within, of within nine seconds back and forth. There's nothing like it in any sport. It is at its best, the best thing in all of sports to watch. Lots of fun. All right. So as long as it's not killing the players, here I am trying to advocate the college guys get, get on there at all costs, but I'm, I'm worried about the, the pro hockey guys getting fatigued. But no, you're right. Um, I'm hypocritical. I guess keep it going for now. It is fun. Like I said, people tuned in. I know not non-hockey fans or casual hockey fans were mostly watching that fourth and fifth overtime. <clears throat> so that was fun. Can I tell you something real <clears throat> fast, real fast? Sure. Bet the Flyers. I, it gives me no pleasure to say really? that, but bet bet the Flyers big. They're going to they're going to hammer the the Habs and you should hammer the Flyers over these next well, handful done, of days. Well, but there, you know there's one upset, right? In this whole thing, there's going to be that be an, one. It's going to be that one. one. Nope. Oh, you're that, such a Pennsylvania homer. You I love am, Philadelphia. <laughs> Wait, Dave's from Pennsylvania. <laughs> there's no team. <laughs> there's no team I hate worse in all of sport than the Philadelphia Flyers, and I'm advocating right, that they are going to win this series. Yes, at minimum, they're going to win Re this series. Real quick, let's go NBA here. Wednesday night odds: Rockets minus seven and a half over the Pacers. Toronto minus eight over Philly. Not the Flyers, but the Sixers. Miami minus one and a half over OKC, and the Clippers minus five over Denver. At this point, Wednesday night. There's one or two games remaining for uh, all these teams. I don't see why you would ever give eight points, seven and a half points, five points. I'd take the underdogs and all those Miami OKC. Like a lot of these don't matter. It's for seeding. I don't even think the Clippers care if they get a two or a three seed at this point. They're a game and a half ahead of Denver. But what does it matter if you're the two or three seed? Those six and seven uh, uh, seeds are kind of the same. You don't. I don't. Do you really want to go against the Mavs over Utah or something? I don't know who you would chip pick. And you're going to play the three seed anyway for the two seed and vice versa. Um, I will say this: Luca and Dame are putting on a show. We are forgetting about LeBron and and Kawhi, and that was the big story going in. But Dame Lillard is playing like every game is game seven. Luca, there's talk about how he's going to be the best in the NBA next year. Charlotte, I know you did some stuff on this. You, uh, How impressed are you with Dame Lillard? He seems so angry at the league. 
It's unreal. I mean, he's the second player after Will Chamberlain of two back-to-back over 50-point games, I believe. I think yeah. I saw that stat. I think that's correct. He had 61 <clears throat> points on Tuesday night. Like, mm-hmm. I, it, it's sort of superhuman. And it also makes me think, like, okay, you know, I'm not, like, a big load, load management guy, but um, it, if you're not traveling all the time, if you don't have... I don't want to say distractions because I don't think that's really fair. But like if you're in a more controlled environment and you can get into a rhythm, maybe the bubble, maybe it leads to like some better basketball. Maybe for some guys, this is a consistency that is really helpful because, I mean, even even guys like TJ Warren or Devin Booker, they're just going off. And even Porzingis. I mean, it's been really fun. I feel like there's sort of a more parity across the league in terms of who's able to have these moments of greatness. Whereas, you know, maybe there's something, maybe there is something about like LeBron or Kawhi who are better suited to a traveling sort of chaotic as it were environment. But I don't know. It's been, it's been really fun. So I'm, I'm glad that bubble seems to be holding. Yeah. And so these last two weeks, I have to remind myself of the regular season are usually shitty anyway. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, everyone's got a six game lead. Everybody, the bubble had nothing to do with uh, teams sitting players and limiting minutes and all that stuff. Definitely didn't have anything to do with Giannis headbutting an opponent. <laughs> I, I think he's taking himself out of the first round. We could talk about that, but I think he's going to get suspended for a couple of games. And they're like, well, we don't care. We're going to beat Orlando without him anyway. But the Lillards, the Lucas. It's a lot of fun to watch. And I don't know, Dave, is it, you know, is it, we're, we're, I think there's a lot of practical jokes being played, but one, a couple by the NBA, uh, pitting Portland, as it seems, against the Lakers. Lakers are a fictional line. I saw a five to one favorite over Portland. I think that's a little high. And uh, when you look at what Dame Lillard is doing night after night, and Carmelo Anthony, all of a sudden, America's darling, people like him. Um, there's a, there's a, also the practical joke that the Pelicans played on the league by not showing up for this <laughs> exclusively, this bubble was set up for the Pelicans and they did not show up. And then there's the practical joke that the league is playing on the wizards who are and seven. And I think they have one more game against uh, Charlotte Celtics before they go. Oh, and eight, I don't know. Do the wizards want to win or do they want to go? Oh, and eight. And then maybe there's a 30 for 30 on them. And we find out why they were so terrible. <laughs> Well, it's kind of the other side of the coin that Charlotte just mentioned there, that maybe some guys, maybe some teams vibe to the bubble. Maybe they get a a certain energy and say, maybe, you know what, the way this thing sets up, we have a shot here. I think the other side is that if there's a recognition by a star or by, uh, by, you know, uh, some of the guys on the team that like, yeah, this ain't our year anyway. I mean, to go back, you know, Jim Rutherford, the general manager of the Penguins, insinuated exactly that. Maybe, you know, at at the end of the loss, maybe some guys just realize this ain't it and let's get out of this bubble and get back to what we call a regular life in 2020. I think that that is a legitimate um, thing that we're going to see here um, to to where the Lakers are concerned. I mean, I hear you on on how good. Lillard has been it's remarkable in fact that it's always stands out that the that a perimeter guy could 
um, put up yeah. 61. Obviously, if if um, you're a low post score, Shaq Fu is going to be able to rack up points without when nobody can match up against him. It's especially striking right. though, when someone uh, of uh, of Lillard's physical stature is able to rack up points like that. I don't yeah. think you have to worry about uh, if you're looking to put something on the Lakers in this first series. I think they'll be able to handle them. Them Blazers. Well, when I think push they comes will. I, I just feel like that. Every one of their series is going to go six or seven games, and we're going to see an exhaust. We're going to see the Instagram, hmm. you know, what was kind of half kidding LeBron, like, oh, I'm laying on the floor of my hotel room and I, I can't get up after one game. What is this going to look like in a month after three uh, or a month and a half after three game uh, series that go seven games? Charlotte, you're looking forward to it, though, right? Let's oh, yeah. get rid of this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just think I I honestly I might be tempted to take the Blazers just because I love a good upset. And also, I mean, like, yeah. look, you have playoff LeBron. I'm not discounting that. It's a very real thing. He's probably going to become, you know, superhuman mm-hmm. the minute that pressure is on. But it would be kind of amazing. And at this point, the way they're playing and, and I feel like there's sort of a. I feel like Dame is fueled by the by the chirping from, you know, Pat Bev and and. Paul George and it's just I yeah. think he's I think he's a man with something to prove right now and I think that that is uh should not be underestimated. All right. Well, speaking of a man with something to prove, I have <laughs> and you guys agree with me that this NFL, going back to football here, is really its best shot is to create a bubble and live inside the bubble. This is not 2 months, 3 months like baseball. This is now 5, 6 months that they're going to have to endure. They're going to have to be have clean tests. And they're going to have to be in a bubble. They just are. And what better place to do this than we looked it up. We did research. Uh, the Bubble Rock Trail. There you go. In Acadia National Park in Maine. And we did some, you know, we did some hunting. We called. We had our Joel Solomon. He was really Johnny on the spot. Called the uh, the, the, far, the park ranger. He called a lot of um, uh, the eateries that didn't want to talk to him at all. But we did find somebody. We're going to bring her on now. Jenna Young, the owner of Side Street Cafe in Bar Harbor, Maine, which is right next to Acadia Park, I believe. Jenna, thanks for coming on Extra Points. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Now, Jenna, tell us your story, um, your history. Were you 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 were born near Bubble Rock Trail? Were you are you from Maine? <laughs> I understand they don't let the uh, outsiders in. They're not they're not very uh, <laughs> comfortable. Even poor Charlotte here, who lives there part time. Is, uh been had a hard time being accepted but tell us your story yeah it's kind of if you if you weren't born and raised here you'll never be a mainer but i've definitely made a home here i grew up in virginia and realized in college that this is where i wanted to be home and i feel like it is now but i'll never be a mainer you, you got to be born here to be one of those yeah really? you're from away right that's how it goes i am yeah i grew up in northern virginia yeah. Okay. So, wow. All right. So that kind of flies in the face of what we're trying to do by transporting uh, a, a thousand or so uh, players, 2000 personnel and everything. But I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with our mission, which is to move the NFL right to you guys in bubble rock trail. Um, <laughs> now you have a restaurant right there, right? Yes, I do. Okay. And how are things right now? Probably not great, right? Well, yeah, this is a really tough time as far as being a small business owner, but we're making the most of it and working really hard. This is our peak season and everyone's a little understaffed, but we're just working really hard and trying to stay positive through it. I would say that um, we we definitely appreciate visitors coming to the town and I like okay. 
creative solutions. So I'm open to your idea. <laughs> okay. Now I'm not familiar with the, uh, okay, that's good that you would accept them and you expe- <laughs> accept the business and everything that goes along with it. I'm not familiar with the, the area itself. Tell me about this trail, this bubble rock. Have you, have you been on it? Bubbles? Yeah, I have. It's actually a really great trail. It has a beautiful view up at the top. And as mm-hmm. you may know, there is a giant rock called bubble rock at the top that cannot be pushed over despite many attempts. Wow. And it's a great trail to bring kids up. The kids love football, so you may be onto something. Mm-hmm. But it's just a beautiful, not super challenging, great view at the top, really interesting rock. They say it's potentially the most famous rock in our state, whatever that means. But mm. it's a great trail. I love that one. <laughs> I wouldn't even know the the top uh, twenty most famous rocks in I, any of the states. I, I, I know a few. I, I, I know a few. I could I could rank the rocks in Maine, really? but I won't do that to you guys. Yeah, there's Balance Rock. There, I mean, it, it, the list goes on. This could be it. I mean, Dave has his fruits and Charlotte could have her rocks and we could just put, put the list together. Um, all right. So, okay. But I'm good. And this is, a, I think I know the answer to this question. I'm afraid to ask it. There are no stadiums though in Bubble Rock, right? There are zero stadiums. There are <sighs> currently. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's going to be a little there's challenging. There's really not a lot of flat terrain either. So I think mm. you're going to run into some, some hiccups here. All right. I mean, the players are used to challenges. You know, they they do the tire thing and they they push sleds and stuff. And you know, uh, why not? So have to be if flat. They, if they that they football players used to play on um, on baseball infields and in all the mud in 2020. Why not some rocks as obstacles, some hills, some bend? You know, that's <laughs> true. That's fine. Doesn't have to. That turns doesn't into have to like, be a deal breaker. Like, that becomes like World War One warfare, like dealing with yeah. you know trenches and stuff yeah. i don't know <laughs> uh all right i'm going to i'm going to say but but jenna you you could say like how many you you think this would be a good idea right you want i mean you want these players you want aaron donald ordering 16 lobster rolls from your establishment right so you think we could make this work if we wanted to that right? yeah that part of your idea is really intriguing to me but okay. i do see some other hurdles you're going to have to oh no iron out i mean you got to get the acadia the national park service on your side with this they're really the ones you have to win over more than me okay i see so if you started a petition that would not um that would not benefit in any way but the acadia national park people Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm going to write that down that's, and that, that'll that's be our next point. Call. I don't have a lot of pull, mm-hmm. um, but I do like thinking outside the box and I mm-hmm. admire that. Okay. And so, Hey, you never so you're know. saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being polite. That's what's happening. <laughs> I want this to happen. We can make this happen. Let me just ask you, is there trouble for the players to be had? Are there any, I, I want, I want them to be safe, but I don't want them to be bored, but I also don't want them to get in. And I guess what I'm asking is what, where's the closest strip club to where you are? Oh Portland. man. Okay. The, the closest strip club. No, I, I think there's one in Bangor, which is about an hour away. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's far. Yeah. Yeah. This is a beautiful area. There's tons to do. That's really healthy. So that might be a good fit for them. Keep them out of trouble. Okay. Dave, do you have any questions? I mean, I, I figure we, you know, we got to do our research here. Well, I, I feel like, um, yeah, Bangor is, um, is a, is a, righteous place to have strip clubs. It seems like uh, the, it seems to work there. Um, but listen, I'm with you about this. I mean, I, I'm sure you're, you're swooning at the thought of Laramie Tunsil and the, the, and his Texans pals rolling in there and ordering 27 egg omelets and everything else there. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I, I I'm rooting for you to to see this happen there, and 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 I'm all for the idea of a 2020 kind of bent to this thing with uh, some rugged terrain applied there. And now I guess we got to get on with Arcadia and see if we can take this to the next level. Then right, Charlotte, you're right there. What do you uh, based on this assessment from Jenna? Do we move forward? We know it's it's kind of rocky. I guess that would make sense. It's a trail. It's not flat. There are no existing stadiums, which um, seems a, a bit problematic. What do you think? Uh, there's a good restaurant we know in town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, for I've I've spent a fair amount of time up that way, and what I will say that that is hopeful is there are a lot of fields. There are a lot of fields that sort of they're okay. slightly sloped down to the water, but like you know, we could maybe level that out, build some, put a few like standing bleachers there. I don't know, Jenna. I feel like I feel like there's hope on that one, but uh, also just like who? De- wh- how was a lobster roll not enough for Roger Goodell to be like, we got to move the whole thing right. up north? Right. I agree. I agree. Lobster rolls are pretty amazing. I think you'll get your you'll get your pushback from the Mainers for sure. But maybe you can make it more of a training facility. No. Well, you know what? You know what would work is if we just made sure that all the Mainers got whatever like free tickets to the Pats games. Then they'd be all for it. Okay. They love their Pats. They love the Pats. Yeah. All right. Listen to me, Jenna. Now I appreciate you coming on and. with your lukewarm endorsement here, but here you, you have to be, if we're going to go forward, you are going to be our ambassador mainly because you're the only one who will speak to us there, but you need to go. If 2020 taught anybody, anything, it's that you don't really have to believe in a cause to be loud about it. Okay. So that's what I need you to do. I need you to do. We we want people to go to your place. We want football there at the bubble rock trail. Maybe the idea, Dave, is that just like forget football, whichever team is able to pull, push over this uh, silly rock wins the uh, Lombardi trophy at the end. Right. Is it, could it be as simple as that? I'm all, I'm all for a revised uh, decathlon if it comes to that. And if we have to do that among teams, we could have a tug of war and, uh, and, Mm -hmm. and all these sorts of, events broken out of course punctuated by an eating competition and um if if she is going to be our ambassador jenna then needs to answer this i think as a congressional member here it's my right to vet her and my question to you is as a transplanted mainer up there where do you come down on the real star between lobster and drawn butter which is uh which is the real star of that equation there Oh my gosh, it's the lobster. Who's the real okay. star? The lobster. The butter just enhances it. You can't put too much butter on there. If you need to put too much butter on, you don't really like lobster. Thank All you, right. Jenna. Oh my God. Finally, someone speaking sense around here. All <laughs> right. I don't know that that gets us any closer to our goal, but it is. I don't know, but I I, I, I right. needed to see if she could tackle the tough issues. <laughs> And she has successfully there. You know what? Right. We don't have to agree 100% <laughs> here. I think we're all on the same page. We all want football. We want it up at Bubble Rock. Now let's make it so. All right. Let's make it so is right. J- Jenna, do your part, please. Thank you for coming on. Maybe hang a banner uh, at the Side Street Cafe there in Bar Harbor. Welcome, NFL. Spread the word. <laughs> you know, we want uh, positive vibes here. And we'll take care of all the logistics, building a stadium, getting the teams there, buses, transportation. <laughs> And all that, but we need your support. We need you to stand I wish up for you, this. I wish you all the luck in the world. I Thank really you. do. And it's Side Street Cafe, and I, I try. I want to help out. Um, I, I don't feel like you have a shop, or I wanted to buy a T-shirt or something. But um, is there? Do you have? Uh, do you sell T-shirts? 
Yeah, we do. Oh, you do? Okay. I'll send you a shirt. No, no, Listen, I don't want to no, send. No, no. I want to buy so, it. I want to buy it. I'll drive yeah, up there. I'm in, Jen, I'm in Rockport right now. I'll drive up. I'll buy some t-shirts. I'll get some lobster rolls. I'll ship them out. Okay. And come we'll, we'll be me. good to go. I'll all right. Come visit me. See, it's all working out. Thank you, Jenna. I appreciate Thank you joining you. us. All right. Have Take the best care. day. <laughs> you too. Bye. All right. There you go. I think uh, I think we made a little progress there. What do you, what do you feel? I feel good. I feel like I, I, I feel like, like the she idea was very, of like- <laughs> she was very level headed. Um, yeah. And, and I think she was very, very kind to us. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't like, want the chaos. I, maybe she doesn't want to embrace the chaos, Charlotte. You know, maybe maybe, maybe. she's happy with the you know small town and like just just stay out. But we have a, we're on a mission here, Dave. Can right? I just say that I really yeah. like the the players that you guys threw out, Aaron Donald and uh, and Laramie Tunsil going to get lobster rolls. I was when you both said those <laughs> names, I was like, that's okay. I mean, like, great. I got shirtless Aaron Donald in my head for some reason. I'm sorry. I yeah, can't so you it. can't stop thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> I could see, I could see that really ginning up some business for her if if she had T-shirts with that on there, like uh, yeah. you know, like Laramie Tunsil might be here, like you know, <laughs> right. you know, kind of thing. Like maybe we could. She her whole um, uh, sitting room could all just be pictures of people that might show up there, all NFL stars and everything. You know, Deshaun Watson, yeah. sign. Co- I hope to see you soon. Kind of, uh, kind of thing, like a a, a dry <laughs> right. cleaner. You know, kind of thing. Or maybe, maybe the T-shirt says the NFL is coming to Bubble Rock. You've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yes. There's all different ways to go. Can we with put it. those in the shop? By the way, I need a extra points hat. <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll get you a hat. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I almost bought you. one last night and then I was like, I can't buy one from no, the podcast. That no, I'm that's on. pathetic. That's yeah. pathetic. We're going to get you a hat. Um, we're going to wait till Christmas, but we'll ship them out uh, sooner than that. Yeah. Charlotte was saying she needs a, a dad hat. So mm-hmm. that'll work. All right. Listen, that's another episode of extra points. And I think our finest ep- episode of extra points. I really do. Wow. Yeah, I really do. Soup to nuts. It had it all. Come back. Spend (laughs) some time with us on Friday. Until then, for Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder, I'm Sal reminding you that even though you may feel like an underdog, please know you're all my favorites. (laughs) Wow. Two in a row. I'm staying with it. I'm staying with it. I love it it. so much. We need t-shirts that say that. (laughs) We got a lot of t-shirts. Somebody's got Somebody's got uh, listen. Somebody out there, if you're gonna, uh, if you can trump that one, I encourage you to give it your best shot. Hashtag extra yes. points. Drop us a line and see. I, I good luck beating that exactly. one. I don't think you can do it. You, you can't trump it, even if you can Mike Pence it. Whatever, we'll take anything at this point. Uh, all right, guys. See you later. <laughs>